All right. Welcome back for another episode with the uh, the founder and hardcore podcaster, Sean Boyce. Welcome back, Sean. You make it sound more impressive than it is. It's not. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's hardcore, man. That makes it all better. So uh, let's talk briefly about um, something that is, is near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, the the notion of the hunting process in sales versus the farming process in sales. You and I were just um, uh, playing Monday morning quarterback on uh, looking at Reddit, looking at some of these cold outreach uh, messages that get sent. So uh, you and I both like have uh, just just long and humorous stories about this, but definitely want to hear uh, your take on that and how do you contextualize that with the rest of the marketing approaches out there. How much time do you have? I feel like I feel like I talk about this in my sleep to myself, with no one listening. Hopefully, people are listening to this though. So, long story short, I came across a thread on Reddit this past week in the marketing subreddit, and the question was a good one. I genuinely have it myself because I get spammed and harassed constantly. And it's, what LinkedIn DMs do you respond to? So, direct messages, people outreaching you on LinkedIn. And I was particularly curious about this because I had heard yet again another pitch about how someone had magically cracked the code of generating a ridiculous amount of demand and get getting you booked up with all the leads you could possibly ever want via LinkedIn. All you just do have to pay them whatever and follow their magic, which is basically just a spam machine. So in reading the responses to the threads, I just got more and more entertained as I was reading the responses because it was kind of my take too. Basically, every response was no. I, I never respond because everyone's trying to connect and then immediately sell me crap. Uh, and then it just keeps going deeper down that rabbit hole. And it's like, yeah, and I hate this about it. And I hate that about it. And it's like, they're constantly berating me. They're just harassing me because I'm not responding. And it's like, all of that is just wrong all day, every day, wrong. And I think what a lot of them don't realize, I think what this is a problem for LinkedIn, in my opinion, honestly, this, this becomes a larger issue. It's like, I don't think they understand just how severely people are abusing their platform to harass people and try to sell them to an extent where I think it's genuinely turning people off of, of LinkedIn. Um, it's no longer kind of being seen as a platform to connect with people. Unfortunately. You know, but sales nav subscriptions are going way up. <laughs> so you're going to be my, laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> it's funny. I was, I was reading um, a Cory Doctorow uh, article on this. It's, they call it, he calls it the inshinification of social media basically where something starts it's got this really great um like you know fan base people are active engaged it's honest in its own way it doesn't mean it's perfect but it's honest um and as the corporate machine tries to turn that um whatever that magic is into money it inherently defaults to the capitalistic behaviors that make being in that environment awful you see it with facebook you see it with reddit you see it with all of these social media platforms where they're like, oh, well, we also need to take money. And they do that at the expense of the community that kind of built the environment. So I think that's that's something you're always going to see. And um, it starts when you start getting, you know, uh, as a as a man, you start getting attractive invites from attractive females that have no mutual connections. You start to see it when people are like, oh, man, I really followed your stuff. I love your profile. Can we connect? And you're like, I have no idea how I would know you. You're from the other side of the country. And like, we have no mutual connections. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love your stuff. And so especially this, telltale sign when they spell your name wrong or call you by a different name that I feel like that's usually a good signal that uh, they don't really know what they're doing. 
Yeah, or they they add the Mister or Miss in front, like just because, and you're like, wait a minute, what? This is Bart. Yeah. So, like, you can all tell of that. A lot of people are leveraging the automation too, because some of it is just broken. So there'll be you'll literally just get like character sequences in there. <laughs> it's like I think one of your variables was uh, mislabeled. Yeah, or like I love insert field name here. Your work at company X, and you're like. I never worked at company yep. X. So like apart from that, which is very much a, um, when, when you start looking at models like that, there's reasons why they're effective, right? I mean, it, for as, for as ineffective as they are there, you have this random, you know, chance, uh, just like a very small percentage of raindrops in a rainstorm hit you, for example, as a person, there is a chance that you hit somebody in the right place in the buying decision, the right part of the funnel, the right part of the thing. But this is such a such a random act that if you don't back that up with something that's you know procedural at some level, consistent and able to deliver results, I think it's it's a you're setting yourself up for a nightmare scenario. Yeah, and I would probably swap out. I would swap out effective with attractive there. As in, because I think the promise is so strong and everyone wants that, right? There's a lot of people out there. They're like, man, if I only had a steady flow of leads, I would solve all my problems. And it's like, yeah, no kidding. That's probably almost every business's biggest challenge to solve. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is looking at this as a solution and what it promises, which is large and what it delivers, which is usually nothing. Actually, a lot of times it does worse. It actually creates damage brand and otherwise then it's akin to like finding you know on a haystack or hitting the lottery like you're yeah, saying yeah. like you just get someone at the right time uh, messaging that resonated with them for whatever reason and so i think now to to try to like smooth that over a little bit or have a better understanding like where's the light at the end of this tunnel and i'm lost now because that's pretty much what happens to, i think a lot of the people that do this i did it years ago and it didn't work at all as mess is it really needs to be a process and it needs to be consistent in terms of whatever you think you're able to achieve if you're spamming hundreds or thousands of messages a day and you're getting like random chance basically consistency back you know what you're doing really isn't worth it that's not what you want is you want a process you want a process that can produce predictable results but at the same time you also shouldn't be doing anything that makes you feel like dirty or gross like you really just shouldn't be investing in things that are trying to take advantage of people or being slimy really anything that makes you feel uncomfortable you really shouldn't be investing in those things. Even if someone swears up and down that this is going to work for you, we've done this, we've done that, whatever. Great. I get it. Like, that's just not how we do business here for the most part. And that's where like hunting's got a lot of allure. Uh, I think it steals a lot of the thunder from farming, but I think the people that really get farming right are laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah. There's two things I want to talk about with that. And I, I think you're right. The, the first thing I want to uh, kind of talk about is, Let's talk about the unintended consequences, that collateral damage that comes from a campaign that um, is more of a uh, lottery ticket style approach to hunting for new business. What what is the what is the risk for a business that's doing this poorly? I got a great one. That's a great question. So there's someone in my general like vicinity in terms of geographical area that has developed a particular reputation for doing these kinds of things. And it's really like leveraging automation. I don't know that necessarily said individuals like a bad person because I don't really know them all that well personally, but they've developed a reputation for this. So it's become kind of like a running joke in circles. And I've, like the joke is that a lot of people in my network have an example of this individual 
reaching out to them and spamming them with constant messages. And everyone has an example where it's just like, I, I'll pull up my phone, I'll show people and I'll just scroll. <laughs> it's just unlimited scrolling of just them hitting me up with messages. And half of them, you know, one of them's got my name wrong and whatever. And it just keeps going. It's almost a running joke to better understand how long is this going to keep going. <laughs> so everyone's got same type of experience with something like that. And like before you know it, like you've you've ruined your reputation to the extent where it isn't that stuff can grow too, right? So like if you do that to one person in a network that you're dabbling in and you, that person tells another person and that person also has a bad experience, before you know it, like people aren't going to want to touch you with a 10-foot pole. Like that thing starts to kind of alienate you. Now you're doing the exact opposite of what you were hoping to be able to do. So this is this is uh, something that we definitely need to do, and I'll, I'll work with with our team to get this done. We're going to create a horrible marketing bingo card where you can track <laughs> at home the folks that have done X, Y, and Z, and go. Well, did he do the LinkedIn spam yet? Mm, nope. Well, did she try the handouts at the local Panera yet? Mm, nope. Didn't see those. I think um, I think that'll be that'll be a fun little thing to talk about as we go through this. But the the next thing that I want to talk about too is as you start to get in uh, a good sort of honed in understanding of your target market, one of the things that you realize too is that um, not all channels, not all approaches uh, are appropriate. Right? There are tons of situations where that LinkedIn kind of uh, approach. If you're already on LinkedIn, it might make sense as that's a place to sell LinkedIn advertising, for example, or sell something similar. But uh, if your target market's not congregating there, if they're not doing anything on LinkedIn, um, you're not going to, whatever, however successful or unsuccessful a campaign may be, um, the right tool in the wrong place at the wrong time is never going to work. Yeah, agreed. And if, if folks are looking for a better answer here, because I, you know, I want to shift gears maybe a little bit. We could talk a little bit about that. Curious to get your thoughts as well too, right? Farming, farming sounds attractive, but I think people struggle with how do I even get started with that, or they haven't seen a lot of good examples of it, and it doesn't promise immediate results. So it's it's just it's, it can be more difficult for folks to get started with. And for those folks, I would say there's a hybrid approach here you may not have considered that. I think is worth experimenting with. Realistically, that's what I was doing when I was looking for a better solution to the spray and pray model. And what ultimately became Podcast Chef is I'm like, I don't want to just sell directly. Like a bunch of these people are upset that I that I even tried to do that. So that feels wrong. I'm not comfortable with it. And I don't like bothering people. So I'm just not going to do that. Instead, I was like, well, what if I chose from like one of five different things I could invite them to or do for them or whatever? And it was like, blog articles, videos, podcasts, whatever. So I'm like, hey, whoever I'm reaching out to, Mr. or Mrs., would you like to do this thing with me or uh, let me have me do this thing for you or whatever? And the response was dramatically better. It was a night and day. And I felt a lot more comfortable with the experience as well too. Now, the reason why I we ultimately built Podcast Chef was because out of all those ones that I tried, podcasting like for whatever reason, head and shoulders above all those other options, much stronger response. But the point is I was offering people I was reaching out to something of value as opposed to, hey, I would like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty, right? Like no one, it's become a running joke, right? Like nobody wants to hear messages like that randomly from someone who's just immediately trying to sell them stuff. So instead of doing that, especially if you're getting inconsistent results or none at all, I would strongly encourage folks to look at more of a hybrid approach where it's like, how can I get 
like, I know you want to get to the farming life, but that's going to take a minute, right? You might need to invest in some of the stuff for months or years in order for it to get to what you really, what you want. Um, and there's still some elements when done appropriately of the farming strategy or the uh, hunting strategies that can be effective. I would encourage folks to try to come up with some form of a hybrid of that that works well, given whatever it is you want to do, right? You want to do videos, you love video, do that. You love writing, do that. You love podcasting, do that. Whatever it is, like, just try to stand out from the crowd because I, I can't tell you how many messages I get on LinkedIn these days. It's like five to 10 probably per day from people deliberately just trying to sell me specifically lead gen, whatever. And uh, I ignore all of it. Yeah, I think that gets back to um, the way we kind of have a magic bullet approach socially to a lot of stuff where it's like there is a single solution and it is, you know, you can buy your way out of the problem. And there is, um, you know, and, and every marketer that hears this right now is is going, yes, you're exactly right. There is no magic bullet solution to not knowing who you're selling to. There is no magic bullet solution to not knowing the value your solution offers. There is no magic bullet for this stuff. And so when you are in that trial and error phase, trying to figure out who your market is and how you're going to talk to them. And again, you know, we talked about this in other episodes, what that voice is that they need to hear to, to help you, you know, solve their problem. Um, that is all um, you can have skilled practitioners in this space, but it doesn't change the fact that you're going to need some testing uh, to get there. You're going to need to do a little bit of getting to know your audience to figure that out. Um, anything else that you try magic bullet wise is never going to, or magic pill or whatever is never going to solve the problem. Yep. Agreed. And if we want to add a kicker, especially for this episode, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet or not. Well, we talked about the Reddit thread, but we should include the Reddit thread if anybody's looking for some hilarious responses to whether or not they ever respond to LinkedIn DMs. Oh my God. And I'll tell you, I'm so embarrassed because every time I see like the, the messages are getting more earnest and more sincere. They're like, oh man, I just saw your most recent post and was moved. And I'm like, ah. I don't know how you saw my most recent post about how everyone else is doing it wrong and you were moved, but whatever. Like, I don't, yeah. But but they're getting so sincere. And every time I'm like, well, maybe this person's really looking for that genuine connection. Okay. And then 30 seconds later. Wrong immediately. Do you, do you hate the, the fact that you're like, oh, and I'm like, oh God, this one's going to be different. No, no, it ain't. Yeah. So, and a lot of the, the other thing I'd be, I would caution people by is like, be really careful with the automation, man. It is so easy to make that look fake. Uh, just like, especially if you get used to seeing it all day, every day, you can immediately tell. Someone sent me a video of them burning a check for some reason with my name on it. And the name clearly was like templated. It didn't line up at all. It wasn't written in handwriting. I'm just like, I am embarrassed for you. The fact that you think that that looks like that would convince somebody that that was like a real thing. And it wasn't done in jokingly fashion. Like they were serious about it, which almost made it funnier. And I'm just like, Again, it's just all like gross and just doesn't really work very well. Here's the here's a challenge, right? Like instead of loading up a sequence with a thousand people in it and hitting a hundred messages a day for 10 days, like find 10 people and like actually do some homework on them. Like you said, if you know your target market, do some real homework on them and like find out how you connect with them in one way, shape, and form. And send like a real customized message, not an epiphany, like short and sweet. Um, whatever you want to connect with them about, like low pressure, and that's actually personalized and send 10, right? Use the same amount of time that you would have the spray and pray at 10 times the level and send some actual personalized messages and then just do whatever. Find us on the web and let us know how that went. Uh, 
I think you're more than likely to find out that that would be way more effective. It doesn't, it's not necessarily more efficient. That's where you can leverage the stuff we talked about earlier in this episode, but that would be so much more effective. Um, and as opposed to trying to like, like you said, magic bullet this process, which just doesn't work. Yeah. I remember this, this happened. Uh, I was, I sat down and just wrote, uh, I found a, uh, an author that I had read as a child and I just like spontaneous. I'm like, man, that book was great. And all I did was like find their email address. They teach at some university, found their email address and wrote them up like, man, I just want to let you know, this book was great. It was a huge part of my growing up. And they're like, there was no like, oh, well, you got to talk to my secretary to give me that feedback. (laughs) It was none of that, right? Oh, no, let's schedule something. It was like, okay, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. Writing it was a really important part of my life. Great. And like that genuine connection, which I think is the underpinning of everything that we do with this podcasting stuff is is building those genuine connections. Not everybody's going to be your best friend next week, but like helping to start those relationships, I think is vital to making these conversations work. Being it for the love of the game, man. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, We will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.